When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Lots of uh, chatter on the Specs text line in regards to Al Pacino, 83-year-old father-to-be. Iconic. So what will you do, E? Your daughter's going to turn 21, and Al Pacino rolled up at the house. <laughs> out there She's 29, but yes. I mean, what would you do? Well, I would wouldn't you say, be happy. Hey, Al, you wouldn't be happy with Al? What do you say? Or would you say to your daughter, what are you doing? He says, Al better get a paternity test. <laughs> This says she has some granddaddy issues. And this says money grab. That's what we're doing. That dude's 20 some years older than me. You're up, Bucky. He's 16 years older than you, right? You're 67. Maybe 68. Yeah, he's 80. Starting this month. Yeah, he's, he's pushing two decades older than you. And he's still wow. uh, having kids. And there's a picture of the two together. They. Yeah, they look so. They have so much in common. Those two, eighty-three and twenty-nine. Does she wipe his drool? Wipe his <laughs> chin too? Come on, you're talking about. You're talking about. Uh, Hua. The, the the Godfather here. I'm talking about the Godfather. Uh, Michael Corleone. What year did that movie come out? Like nineteen eighty. Yeah, nineteen seventy-two was yeah. the original. With <laughs> <laughs> the year I was born, fifty years ago, um, for sure. What was he in his thirties then? Crazy. It is crazy. And uh, what helping? Welcome to Hollyweird. But you know, good for him, I guess. But for her, what's I, going I don't on? Blame Mick, him. Mick I mean, Jagger if, to that guy. If you can get if you can get that job done, get it done. You get <laughs> get the, job did done? you say blue shoes? If you had blue shoes, oh my you, goodness, a whole pile that, of them. That, we'll be hearing testimonies from that's uh, right from from, from, the, from him and Robert here soon. So weird, just so weird. Uh, on a much uh, more sports note, our man Tom, the huge tennis fan that always texts us, has pointed out that uh, overnight, uh, you're late early this morning. Peyton Stearns, the UT, you know, the young lady from UT, the great tennis player. Mm-hmm. She advanced at the French Open in her debut in the third round now with a win round. over the 17 seed. Congratulations to her. She was a great collegiate player at the University of Texas now, uh, making her way on the professional side of things. So that's pretty cool to see this morning. Uh, we'll get to our coach's corner coming up, including one Big 12 coach who is not happy that his team was left out of the field of 64 and has a very valid point, which we'll make, let him make. Also, David Pierce weighing in with his team on its way to South Beach. Coral Gables, University of Miami, where they will host the regional. Plenty of rooms down there. Plenty of rooms on South Beach. Yeah, no, no, no rooms in Lexington. Don't try to get to that regional if you're a West Virginia fan. But West Virginia fans will just sleep in their car, right? That's just how they'll oh, do that. Of course they will. Apparently... They don't have cars in West Virginia. <laughs> or sleep underneath their cars. <laughs> they'll take <laughs> the they'll take the coal the the train with the coal. Put your there. bed rolled out. You know, I mean. Churchill Downs isn't far. They'll sleep in a stable somewhere. How Lexington, their bed well, Lexington up to. Uh, to Louisville's what, about an hour and a half? Where the Churchill Downs is? Not very far. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half. Yeah, get yourself a stable. 
some hay and you're used to it. So she's going to be changing both of their diapers. Oh, gee. <laughs> it's a good, good chance. Good chance. Or you can't, nice I mean, you just can't stop love. You can't. You can't stop love. You can't that's stop true love. It. Nothing says true love like a new baby <laughs> at 83. Ooh. Hey, let's get to the other headlines, though. Trending topics. There's I got a new puppy. You do have to, I knew that. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Start with the uh, SEC spring meetings in college football. College athletics are underway in Destin, Florida. Two major topics yesterday. Scheduling for the new football conference and then the NIL situation. On the topic of scheduling, it's what models the conference will adopt beginning in 2024 when Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC. Two most prominent that are being debated, a 3-plus-9 game model that would have each of the 14 teams or 16 teams starting next year playing three teams on an annual basis and then rotating the other six conference games. The other one um, is the eight-game schedule. That's a one-plus-seven. It would preserve just one annual rival game and then rotate the other seven. Uh, as we said, that's a big debate. Also in Destin yesterday, Alabama head coach Nick Saban made news when he voiced his support for the prospects of college athletes unionizing and being treated as employees rather than the current name, image, and likeness concept that he says creates inequities for schools from state to state. Uh, from the podium yesterday in, in uh, Destin, Nick Saban said, quote, unionize it, make it like the NFL. I have no problem with that. I mean, if we're going to, if it's going to be the same for everyone, I think that's better than what we have now. Major League Baseball last night, how about the Texas Rangers? Beat Detroit 10-6, to improved to 35-19 and on the year, best record in uh, franchise history at the one-third mark. Ten more runs for that highest-scoring offense in the league. And how about the big league debut for Grant Anderson out of the Rangers' bullpen? Called up from Round Rock earlier in the day. Took over for Martin Perez in the fifth inning of a one-run game with runners on and proceeded to strike out seven of the next eight batters he faced during his first Major League win. Down in Houston, Astros improved to 32-22 and at the 54-game mark. Uh, they beat the uh, Minnesota Twins 5-1 to at Minute Maid Park yesterday. Alex Bregman homered, drove in two. Brandon Belak and three relievers combined on a six-hitter for the squad that has allowed the fewest runs so far this season in Major League Baseball. Down in Sugar Land, the Round Rock Express dropped their series opener to the Space Cowboys 5-4. to Big news out of the NBA from the Bay Area on the eve of the Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Official word now that Golden State Warriors president of basketball operations, Bob Myers, stepping away from the franchise. He has been the team's general manager and chief architect since 2012, overseeing the construction of a roster that has made six trips to the NBA Finals and won four championships. He is moving on. Uh, changes in New York as well. Knicks have parted ways with their GM, Scott Perry, after six seasons. And as we say, the quest for the NBA championship this year begins tomorrow night with Game 1 of the Finals. Denver, um, host, the Nuggets hosting the eighth-seeded Miami Heat. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Bam can keep uh, the Joker off the offensive boards. That's my biggest concern for, I mean, does, does when, you, when you look at that team, when you look at the Heat team, I know they're, they're physical, but do they have enough guys, big enough guys, to keep that big sucker off the, off, well, you- off the offensive boards? Yeah. Well, and Aaron Gordon, too. I thought Aaron Gordon's rebounding yeah. in the series with the Lakers. And the Lakers turned out to not have enough big bodies, right? right. I mean, That's Anthony I mean. Davis yeah. was the one, and you know, Mo Bamba never played in that series, and they just didn't have enough bigs to deal with the rebounding disadvantage. You're right about that, 100%. And, um, you know, there's just so many ma- amazing stats of this series that'll start tomorrow night. As we mentioned, you know, you could argue, at least by winning percentage, the Nuggets haven't beaten anybody to get here, but they beat who was in front of them. Um, the Heat beat really good teams and, you know, upset the Bucks. Upset Bucks had the best record in the NBA. The Celtics had the second best record. They beat both of them. Yeah, this is not gonna be about being tired. This is this is I know one team has had a lot of reps. This is gonna be about trying to win a championship now. But we said the last team who was an eight seed to make the finals was the Knicks in ninety nine and they got smoked by the Spurs. 
in that series. That was the year. The remember that '99 season was the 50 game season because of the strike. It was a shortened <laughs> year, and you know the Knicks would tell you Jeff Van Gundy would say that we we had injuries. We would have been a higher seed. We were an eight seed because it was a short season. And we had some injuries over the course of the short season. So they came in as an eight seed and made it to the finals. And then the, the Spurs were far and away the best team. They went 15-2 and two in that playoff run. Um, you know, watched just two games the whole time. Uh, they were awesome with the, the Twin Towers, the Admiral, and Tim Duncan, and uh, that great Spurs team, Sean Elliott and company. So Was that Tim Duncan's rookie year? Was this, uh, Spurs fan will tell me. Was it, he was 98 drafted, correct? Or it was his first or second? First or second year? Maybe second. I think it was his second year that they won the whole thing. And But, again, that was the 50-game season, um, which remember, I remember covering that and thinking, man, that was kind of nice. I like 50 games in a season. How long was the Mavs? The 2011, that was a strike year, too. That was a short year. I don't recall the exact number, but I know that was a – because, remember, they, they didn't start till January. They went 50 games and then played the playoffs, and the, the Spurs crushed the Knicks. That's the last time an eight seed made it this far. But, yeah, it feels like it's a 1-8 matchup, but it feels pretty even because of the quality of competition the Heat have already beaten, the lack of you know, quality that the, the, uh, the Nuggets have faced in this spot. But at the same time, it could go 4-1 just like Someone the Spurs. his rookie year. Was his rookie year. Okay. Uh, for sure. Also, before we get into our coach's corner, how about we uh, mention some baseball? Because, Ty, what did you say about your Texas Rangers at 35-19? and 19? Uh, the performance of Grant Anderson last night. And that, that's not only big because it's cool to see a rookie go up and make his debut and get a win and pitch as well as he did uh, in their win with the seven of eight strikeouts, two and two-thirds. He, you know, that's that's the Rangers' one weakness right now is their bullpen. If this guy can a, bring a spark to their bullpen, plus at some point the return of Jacob deGrom to put Dane Dunning back into that bullpen, the Rangers really uh, don't have much of a weakness right now because they score more runs than anybody. As we said, another 10-run game for them last night. They scored more runs than anybody in baseball. And uh, they shore up that bullpen because, you know, they have this record of 35-19, and 19, yet in the month of May their bullpen had an ERA of over 7. I mean, it wasn't good. Uh, yet they still have posted the franchise's best mark through 54 games. Rangers are, are a real threat. Uh, and if they, the bullpen can improve, whether it's this, you know, Grant Anderson, whether it's trades that they make here in the coming, you know, weeks and months, or just you know getting better in that spot, the Rangers are going to be tough. So it sounds like you're right. He was drafted in '97, so it was his second year. Okay, '97. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, Duncan played four years at Wake Forest, and then mm-hmm. was the top pick in yeah '97. Um, but yeah, so that was for for Duncan in '99. That's his second year, second year or third year even. If he was drafted in '97, but uh, yeah, I'll it's look a it quick up. Quick turnaround. It is. Well, I mean, they already had the admiral. Um, and remember, they 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 got the lottery ball to to draft Tim Duncan because the Admiral got hurt, and so they had a really mm-hmm. bad season when David Robinson was hurt. Wasn't that like the longest odds yes. to get the number one pick ever? We've talked about that in lieu yep. of, of this Victor Wenbanyama uh, lottery ball that they've won in San Antonio. Um, the 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 Boston Celtics had two chances to win the lottery, the number one pick, when the year Tim Duncan came out, two. And they were both really good, good, good odds, and they didn't get either. They ended up getting the second pick and the fifth pick, and that's when Rick Pitino. Remember, he was hired, and he was going to coach Tim Duncan, and it yep. was going to be unbelievable. Duncan went to the Spurs, and that's where their dynasty began. And Pitino went to the restaurant. Yeah, you know, didn't do much at Boston with the Celtics. Uh, beyond that, but he's back though. He's never gone away. He's tried to. He's tried to be canceled. Talk about. You, it. I think he just had a kid like a year ago too. Pitino, Pitino. De Niro. Somebody said Sylvester Stallone's still having kids. Old Sly. 
Well, he's got some special on with his girls. I think he's got like all all girls. I'll say like uh, four. Yeah, so four girls. The Rangers really good. They have the best run differential in baseball too. They've gone past the Rays with this little spurt here. Uh, their run you know, run scored versus runs given up. Number one in baseball, thirty five and nineteen. Astros are only three back though. At 32 and 22, 10 games over 500 with their win. And as I said in the update, no one's allowed fewer runs than the Astros. The Astros have only allowed 187 runs so far this year, which is far and away the best in baseball. If they get their offense cranked up in Houston, uh, they'll be just fine. Uh, and right there with the Rangers. Hey, let's dive into your coach's corner. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. All right, Buck. Coach's Corner brought to you by AV Consultations. And I do remember when Sean Elliott was ill. Remember he had the oh, kidney? Yeah, the kidney. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, it says it was Tim Duncan's second year, 97, 98, and then 98, 99. Thank you very much because right, they crossed the year in the NBA after, season. After the season was over, that's when I think he got a transplant afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and that, that, I remember. They had that and they had the, David Robinson got hurt and they fell to a terrible record, which allowed them to get in the lottery, which then allowed them to draft – Tim Duncan to go with David Robinson, and obviously we know what happened beyond that for the San Antonio Spurs. Hey, before we get to the baseball side and hear from David Pierce, can I mention and let you hear from uh, Jimbo Fisher? Jimbo Fisher. Uh, This is Jimbo at the uh, SEC meetings in Destin, Florida yesterday, talking about Texas, talking about this rivalry game, and if it's a one-plus-seven, you know, eight-game schedule in the SEC where you have one rivalry game, as we talked about, you'll have to choose. Texas would have to choose Oklahoma every year, or A&M, under that scenario, you wouldn't be able to have both. They'd rotate from that point. But here's, you know, Jimbo Fisher asked the same question about who would your one rival be. As you go traditional rivalries of A&M, you would probably say Texas. Right. That's why it should be 3-6, right? Well, because well, Texas wouldn't pick I don't, A&M. Huh? Because Texas wouldn't pick A&M. I, I don't know. Well, that's, that's, that's why we should I, go 3 Listen, we're not going to live our life worrying about Texas. Know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're going to live our life worrying about A&M and what's best for A&M. And that's great. And that has nothing to do with them. They're great school. They do what they need to do. We need to do what we need to do. Thank you, Jim. Do you know what you need to do? You need to win some games. Well, let's hope there's a push for the three nine and the three six nine game schedule concept because that's what they're debating. I would definitely give up the Oklahoma game in order to play Texas A and M every year. Yes, 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 yes. I, know I don't it's think Texas would. Dallas. I don't think Texas would. You know? Well, I just think their partners is, are Oklahoma. They've they've invested in with the city of Dallas to have the game at the Cotton Bowl and upgrade the Cotton Bowl, the annual. I think ESPN would even say, no, 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 no. We're not losing Texas-Oklahoma. Well, I would think ESPN would want that game. I think the, game. the first Texas-Texas A&M game will might be the most watched game of the year well, in that, the regular season. And they could – it's record crowds even with, no matter where it is. Let me just say with the, the one plus seven versus three plus six debate, which we'll try to explain again here coming up, but even in the first year, they could rotate it okay. to where Texas plays Texas A&M in that first year. They, that could happen because if you play Oklahoma as your one rival, you have seven other games, and you could start the rotation with A&M on the schedule. But you may not see them again for four more years, which would be really unfortunate. Like. Uh, and that that's, again, under the eight-game conference compl- you know, concept that they're talking about. I would hate to see that for, for sure. Uh, all right, Buck, let's hear from David Pierce real quick. Craig, uh, Craig Way caught up with David Pierce. Um, and asked David that, you know, if you're looking to shine a pig, you know what I mean? Or, or you know, put, put uh, what do they say, lipstick, lipstick on a pig? On pig. Um, you, you know, w- the 0-2 performance at the Big 12 tournament was not good. You didn't bring it. You didn't bring the uh, intensity it was going to take to win that. 
and you suffered some injuries while you were there. Uh, Craig Way asked David Pierce, you know, if there's one you know, gl- glimmer of, of good coming out of it. You did get to come home, get healthy, get rested. Here's David Pierce talking about getting uh, the week off. I always have a 24-hour rule before I really speak to the team. I want to gather information. I want to make sure that when we when we discuss what had just happened, we have valid information. And uh, looking back, we were beat up in the West Virginia series, and we just were piecing some guys together. And so the rest has been important for especially JT and, and Peyton, you know, everyday players that just needed a break um, just with some – Injuries, I wouldn't call them minor, but at the same time, they're, they're injuries that they can overcome, and the rest has been just critical. Um, probably got a couple of arms that are down, but at the same time, opportunity for some other guys. All right, so there's David Pierce. I like it. I mean, I, I, I like that method, but I've, I've dealt with coaches that want to work as quick as they can and get it out of the way. They want to work on emotions. I'm, I, was, I was very much into – I don't want to wait to get to talk to you guys. So I need to talk to you now. That's your that's your feelings on rest versus rust. You'd, you'd rather take the well. This is a team that they needed the rest, and I, and but again, they didn't need to go on two. But to your point yesterday about they didn't score any runs. If you look at the two guys he talked about, Jared Thomas mm-hmm. and Peyton Powell in the West Virginia series when Texas scored twenty nine runs in three games, those guys batted five hundred. They were on base every time around. Uh, it felt like, and they went up to Arlington, and those guys didn't get a hit. I mean, they and both were banged up. Both, you know, Jared's dealing with a back injury. Peyton Powell's got a rib cage problem, and I, I think the rest for the, and both those, legitimate injuries that, yeah, that affect your batting. For those, sure, those two are igniters. Those two are the you know the fuel of the lineup because you get those those guys on from the left side at one and two. Well, now all of a sudden you're into Dylan Campbell, you're into uh, downtown Porter Brown, you know, you're into the heart of that lineup, Eric Kennedy. Uh, but as you've talked about this year, and you and Ty have talked about, baseball this year is about the hitting, the guys that have been very good at you know, getting well, getting no. the ball in play, getting it out there, and, and, and you're right. There's, you're, you can't expect to have this pitching staff pitch these unbelievable That's games. That's the number one thing. I think with the injuries in their bullpen, you know what Lucas Gordon is. He'll be on full rest, plus so will the Baron Johnson Jr. You feel good about that. You also feel good about the progress of your of, – uh, Tanner Witt and where he can help you, but with the depleted bullpen, I don't know that you can go on the road into, into Coral Gables and expect to win pitchers duels. I mean, you, your no, your offense is going to have to score runs. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think and so. And that's this what was so impressive in the West Virginia series dominance was they were they were playing with leads the whole time, which makes it so much easier to pitch and pitch to contact and not worry about giving up a solo home run because it's already six to nothing. Obviously, they went up to Arlington and didn't do any of that. Uh, they put a lot of pressure on their pitchers because they didn't score any runs. And they didn't get, they weren't getting double-digit. I mean, they were six runs. No, that got, was it. No, they got two hit in the K-State game. And in the Kansas game, they scored three runs, but two of those came on solo home runs from uh, uh, Jack O'Dowd uh, that, that delivered you two runs. And the other one, you, so you scored three runs in two games after scoring 29 runs in three games. Offense can help this pitching staff quite a lot yep. in Coral Gables. Um, all right, so we'll hear more from David Pierce this week. You know who we're also going to check in with later in the week, Buck, to get a preview of this series? Because yesterday we talked to Ty Harrington, who had called six Louisiana Lafayette games while he was at the Sunbelt Tournament, so we got a pretty good gauge on that team uh, out of the Sunbelt. Uh, our man Lee Sterling will join us. Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com, who lives oh, in Miami. Miami man. And he says he's been to 20 or 30 Miami games this year. Baseball. He's a big baseball fan, so he's going to give us his scouting report on the Hurricanes. But let's hear David Pierce, what he has to say about the Hurricanes, or hosting this, of course, out of the Atlantic Coast Conference and one of the traditional powers in college baseball. 
Yeah, you look back in the 70s, 80s, uh, early 90s, and there's probably 15 teams every year that were going to be, you know, in contention for a national championship. And you look at those 15 and eight of the eight of that group were going to be in Omaha. And Miami was always in that circle. Uh, they've continued to have a very good program. Uh, Gino's done a nice job of picking up. Uh, some of the pieces a few years ago and regrouping and they've got a ton of tradition same as us so uh, it'll be a historical type setting uh, facing a team that's been there and done that before all right so uh, Miami we'll learn more about the team itself at Miami this year with Lee Sterling later in the week Longhorns don't play till Friday and let's also remember the Longhorn basketball season basketball season ended at the hands of the Miami Hurricanes if you remember back not long ago. Oh, I was trying to forget. Come yes. On. When the Longhorns had a 12-point lead when in the I was, second when half. When I was booking tickets. You were booking tickets at a Final Four. Mm. It was the Miami Hurricanes that ended so the Rodney Terry team run at the Elite Eight level. Oh, yeah, that's right. You put the whammy on them. And now this uh, Texas team could be facing Miami on baseball on the diamond for uh, the opportunity to move on to a super regional round. So we'll follow that, obviously, into the weekend. Looking forward to it on this final day of May. One other note from college baseball I think this is interesting, Buck, that, um, you know, teams in and not in, you know, because Oklahoma and West Virginia got in out of the Big 12, and Kansas State did not, which I think is interesting. Oklahoma got in? Yeah. Yes. OU's in as a three seed, which, and you can can look specifically at uh, at that group, and I got to find this quote from the the head coach at at, uh, at K-State. Uh, well, Tulane's the team that, that stole a, stole a bit because Tulane sure. Tulane won their conference tournament and they have a record of like nineteen and forty. But they won their but they won their conference, sure. so that took a, a spot away from someone who had probably earned it with the body of work. Might have been K State, might have been some others. But so when when K State didn't get, I mean, the, the, their head coach Pete Hughes has been very very open about his displeasure with the, this this committee because not only did Oklahoma and West Virginia get in, K State beat those teams. Head to head um, on the field. And here's what it said. It said, the, the Division One baseball committee and the system failed Kansas State in our program, our seniors. It was obvious that the committee overemphasized the RPI, a flawed metric. The regional disparities of the RPI are glaring and still were used as a tool to form, shape, and make decisions. The most important criteria that had zero gray area is head-to-head competition. It's definitive. Someone wins, someone loses. We were left out in place of two teams that we finished ahead of in overall conference play and two teams that we beat head-to-head. Why play the games if records are not valued? When did we stop rewarding winning? It's inexplicable and disappointing our players and community deserved better. When you start letting the RPI rule everything, and even including your head-to-head, and if you start playing bad teams in the beginning or teams that aren't, High in the RPI, that's what happens, isn't it? I mean, they've been doing it for years. It doesn't just start, right? I mean, Texas did play like 15 straight cupcake opponents well, at home. Well, Texas, you know, as a two seed. We're talking about three seeds games. that barely got in, and that would have been Oklahoma's the one. So what that that sweep over Texas probably had a huge It did impact. for the RPI. Three wins over Texas yeah. was big for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, but you understand Pete Hughes saying. Well, look, sure. Look, you also have to look, when he says geographic, you know, K-State has a hard time playing non-conference games. There aren't a lot of colleges around them. They're playing college baseball that are going to be really good. They go play. Sure. So in, in February and, and March, I mean, they're having to travel and, you know, get to get, get out of the cold in the first place. And then, you know, regionally, there just aren't a lot of tough teams that you play on a Tuesday night to build your RPI and your resume. So he's saying 
let's look at conference play. You put two teams in out of our own conference that we beat. We finished higher in the standings, and we beat them when we played them. If it's down to us and them, reward us is what he's saying. And you can kind of see his point. It's pretty valid. At the same time, RPI is a reward of body of work right. and the teams you've played and you've beaten. Uh, but his point would be regionally that's a little bit difficult at times for a place like Kansas State, which is pretty remote, and finding teams to play can be challenging to build a schedule. You know, I mean, gosh, Texas can go you know, 200 miles in any direction and play a baseball game uh, against a really quality opponent. Uh, K-State and others have a, a more difficult time with that. All right, we'll take your thoughts on those stories. The uh, Jimbo Fisher comments, and who would you favor? If you could only pick one rival game on an annual basis in the SEC, is it Oklahoma or is it A&M? Also, Texas headed to Coral Gables. And, yeah, how about Pete Hughes, the coach at K-State, making uh, a pretty strong argument in favor of head-to-head versus RPI. Busy Wednesday on b and It's Bucky and Eric. Hot or not for the top of the hour with T.Y. And T.Y., did I see where you bet on the uh, Braves over the A's last night? Oh, yeah. I said, I, I, said I bet my life on it. Well, we're going to have to hang curse. you then. Yeah. We're going to have to hang you. Yeah, you know, in Major League Baseball, Buck, the, the word, we talk about the Rangers and the Rays being the two best teams. The worst team is pretty easy. It's the uh, Oakland A's. Who, yeah, they're bad. When they started their series on Monday with the Atlanta Braves, and the Atlanta Braves are a good ball club, right? World Series a couple years ago, first place, National League East. When they started that series on Memorial Day, the Oakland A's came in with a record of 10 and 45. Ooh. 10 and 45. They had just been swept by the Astros recently. It's like, I go back to the Bull Durham line. How do we ever win 10? I don't know. But they had lost 11 in a row. And the Braves go in there, and they've lost two straight now. On Memorial Day, the A's up and beat them. So Ty Ty, says, bet my life that the Braves win tonight. I'll double down tonight. Take (laughs) take out a second mortgage on your house and put it on. They're they're not winning three straight. That would be an anomaly. I mean, they did it against Bryce Elder last night. That's why they call it gambling. gamble. Bryce Elder leads the MLB in ERA. I mean, he only gave up. Lifetime Longhorn. Yeah, one run. But, I mean, two to one. Two to one. That's your ball game. Now they're 12 and 45. Costly bet, isn't it? If it doesn't happen. Everything else was working out way too well last night for me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For that to, to work out, so I'm not. I knew as soon as I as soon as I sent send on that tweet that I was like, ah, probably Press should, send. probably shouldn't have done that. Probably shouldn't have done that. Well, we know the, the A's are still 24 and a half back of the Rangers in the American League West, who are pacing. And as we talked about at the beginning of the year, Ty's got to bet with me. What was it that at the All Star game, within the All Star break, the Rangers will be within five games of the Astros? And I, I'll t- I took the bet, but I agreed with you that it probably will be there. And right now, the Rangers are three. You games didn't agree ahead with of... me as much. No, not as we much. Pull the tape. But I did. Go. You can pull the tape because I did say it wouldn't surprise me if they are because I think the Rangers are going to be a good ball club this year. And I did. They're, they're a lot better than I expected. I'm sure they're better than you expected. Well, too. Bruce Bochy was a great hire. It really was. And I think if you take the offseason moves of both offseasons with Chris Young as general manager, obviously they invested two offseasons ago heavily in Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and you know spent heavily on their offense. 
and they drafted Josh Young out of Texas Tech, who's on his way to being the Rookie of the Year in the American League, um, playing third base. Uh, and then this past offseason, they, they went after pitching, and those two things have really come together. They have the best offense in the game, and their pitching staff is much improved. The signing in of Nathan Ivaldi was probably the best signing of the offseason so far. I mean, it's only May 31st, but you know, I always say 54 games in, is the, is, that's enough to, to really make a judgment on a team because that's one-third of your season. You know, 54 more, and then we'll see if the Rangers can hang in because it, it's still the same caveat with the Rangers if they stay healthy. But the fact that they're 35-19 and 19 and they've dealt with injury to Jacob deGrom and Corey Seager, not only weathered it, but are sitting in first place with the best run differential in baseball, pretty darn good. So Rangers there. But as I said with the Astros, they've allowed the fewest runs in baseball, so as long as their pitching staff you know, stays like it is and their offense gets better as the summer heats up, I think the Astros will be right there as well. Uh, might be, you know, along with the Rays and, you know, maybe Baltimore if they have the staying power, best teams in, in the American League. The Yankees teams. are getting hot too. Aaron Judge is tearing the cover off the ball with the pinstripers. So there's some baseball on top of the college conversation. Uh, that d- debate about the RPI versus head-to-head. Uh, I, look, you understand the K-State's coach's argument. Like, wait a second. This RPI thing, this this metric is going to win out over, and we're going to get not get in over a team that, that we beat in a series. We that's, beat them. But that's been the way it has over the last 10 years. It's been all about the RPI. I mean, we start out the season talking about how you know, yeah, you're playing these cupcakes, and there's so many of them, and it's going to hurt you later on down the line. Yeah, I get it. I, and but you know, I, I saw a quote from Kyle Peterson, the, the the prominent college baseball analyst on ESPN, and he he among others echoing, "We got to we got to break this thing out. It's it's broken. The RPI system yeah. is broken, and it's geographical. Like only one team, the only teams on the on the uh, the West Coast that got in, Stanford's hosting, but Arizona's the only other team West that got in." Which that can't be true. There's 64 teams. There's got to be teams on the West Coast. Well, no, you see, I'm trying to for as far as the at large goes. As far as the at large with the RPI system, the way it is, trying to understand Kyle Peterson's point there geographically. But that's where college baseball is. It gets going on uh, on on the Friday. And if you're making a bet tie, you might want to bet that an SEC team wins the wins the championship, right? Yeah, with, with eight hosts, <laughs> eight of the sixteen. Um, but you know the number one team RPI is Wake Forest. They're out of the Atlantic Coast Conference, and so we'll see. That college baseball gets going this weekend. NBA Finals gets going on Thursday night. We got a lot coming, so it's Have kind you, of a uh, calm I, before the storm Wednesday. Last night I was watching the it was it MLB Big Inning. It's like the red zone of MLB. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Watched that before? No, I have not. It is awesome. MLB Big Inning. It it pulls in all the you know the local broadcasts that you would watch on MLB TV if you have that pass. So it's like Red Zone where there's a guy that's like directing it, Scott Hansen of you know, sorts, and you just get all the action. It's like it's, oh cool. You, you don't you don't have to have the lulls of the baseball game or like you get oh. that on your YouTube TV. No, I uh, I just I have the I paid like what is it, like twenty five bucks a month to, to get all the out of market MLB games, and that's just part of that package. I was on my computer watching it. Here's a sharp, sharp guy who said, "I bet 500 bucks early in early January for the Rangers to win it, 25 to one odds. Ooh, nice. What's that? Hold that ticket. That'd be a I'm, nice payday. Was that 20? Speaking of paydays, how about this? You know, there's been this ongoing as we talk some baseball, Buck. There's been this ongoing issue with regional TV rights, Bally Sports, and uh, going bankrupt, and how it plays out and how it affects Bally's going belly up. Yes, Diamond Sports Group, who owns Bally's has decided not to pay the San Diego Padres their latest rights fees. It's a monumental development that's going to revert the the Padres' broadcast rights back to Major League Baseball. 
And now MLB gets to establish the precedent of how these games get on the air. Because Valley's, I mean, I mean, look, they owe, Valley's owe, and the Diamond Sports Group owe the Padres $60 million this year. You know, the, the Padres have a heavy payroll. And the yes, question is going to come pretty quickly. If we don't get that $60 million in TV Absolutely. revenue, how are we paying our roster here? We've got we've got an expensive group, and part of that, a lot of that, was our TV rights. And uh, the, the Padres are getting good TV ratings. We know it's a bigger issue with Diamond Sports Group that it's you know a co- corporate wide failing. Uh, you know the Padres do pretty well, so Major League Baseball is going to take over, and they're going to put the games on, and there'll be no blackouts for the Padres. There'll be no blackout rules, and so, it, but it's going to be interesting how they. I mean, how do the Padres make that money back? Yeah, that's the sixty million dollar question. Is that Bally's the same Bally's? As like the sports book or like the casino in Vegas? No, I don't believe so. Craig, Craig Way will know because Craig works la- for Bally's. The logo looks the same, kind of. Yeah, well, don't know, but they're having financial issues, obviously. And uh, it, there's a lot of people who don't who believe this is the Padres will not be the only one. I hope um, that happens for the Rangers, so I can watch them. Yeah. Um, but so MLB is going to provide Padres games through MLB TV and an app free through Sunday, and then they're going to be able to have to pay for their games. Which is you know that's going to irk the fans. They're already paying for the for the rights to to Bally's on their package or whatever they've got. Now they're going to have to pay more to watch the Padres, and it's going to be nineteen ninety nine a month or seventy four ninety nine for the rest of the regular season. And obviously that could be the way to recoup some of that money for the Padres through Major League Baseball. But um, that's going to be uh, a, a sketchy situation with San Diego. And there's you know what do they got Juan Soto. They're trying to sign on top of Manny oh, Machado man. on top of. Uh, all the big ticket items they have there, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. in San Diego. So keep an eye on that story as it develops. Uh, so yeah, this one says that show about the little lady trying to be a kid is on Max. Used to be HBO Max. It's called The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. Yep, that's the show you're watching last night. I'm watching on something different. What is it? ID. ID. Yeah, that's what I see it on. And a lot of people have pointed out that your your girl Natalia. There was a movie, major motion picture made called Orphan, which almost parallels. The, this real-life situation identically. Well, this is for real. I'm going to catch up tonight on this. Mama's the about finale to get, tonight, three-parter. Yeah. Right. Mama's about to get dragged to the electric fence. <laughs> I she almost dra- So the, the little person who's actually an adult who sh- portrays being a kid yes. tried to push the mom into an electric fence? Yeah, and she was cussing her out on the way, too. I, I the dad went ahead happened. and went into the woods. The little boy wanted to have a regular birthday, and the mom started screaming. And the dad came running back, and she goes, you go ahead. I got this. Yeah, you got this. As that girl has her by the arm trying to drag her to the electric no. fence. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's... I'm glad I brought this into our lives. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you oh, yeah. I look Thank under the Ty. bed every night before I go to sleep, wondering if Natalia's underneath my bed like a, like a troll. <laughs> She's like Chucky? Just... Yeah, this is like a real-life Chucky. Girl Chucky. But you're the one saying you can't abandon her. But if she's yeah, trying to kill you, you, you can. And she's an adult, you no, can. No, you can't abandon yes, you her. Can. She's 18, do, she was 18. You can't. You've got to do everything in your power. She's, she's an imposter. To help this young girl. Parents abandon their kids for a lot less. I know. Well, hell yeah, they do for a, a lot, way lot less than this. Trying to stab the brothers and then telling them how they're going to. She was going to stab them in their sleep and drag them underneath the porch. Showed a picture to the people at the at the. The mental institution of how she was going to kill them and where she was going to put them. What happened to this young woman in, in the Ukraine that made her this way? Is my question. I need a. It's not for the parents to worry Ukraine. about. She lived in the Ukraine. We need. We need a or she's just dive. an evil person. Evil person. Evil people come in all shapes and sizes, my friend. True. Evil people. 
and she's just got the evil in her. She's just missing the little horns on her head. And you're over there saying you need to try to rehab her. I want, I want to try to give her a try break. Try to kill my other kids and me. We're moving to Canada. See you, kid. I just can't imagine. I see where, where, the, where the mom's got her on her shoulder, and she's got her head on her shoulder. And she's she wants to kill this mom. She she's talked about killing this mom. She should be in prison. You can't like you can't yeah, that's lie attempted murder. about being a child as an adult and not maybe this, this serve some time. I haven't seen any of this new series, but maybe it'll get much like what was it? Uh, who was who was the Oklahoma guy? The farmer, the rancher, the 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 Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic, Tiger King. Tiger King. Got oh, yeah. him put in jail. He went to jail. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and then they try to get rid of that, 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 that beautiful woman there. What's her name? Carol Baskins? Yeah, that beautiful, beautiful, lovely lady. They may start to make her as the villain. <laughs> she was an innocent bystander in all of this. She killed her husband, man. No. Spat into the lion. No. The tiger. Never, body's never been found. Because yeah, the tiger ate it. <laughs> How are you going to find that? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, let's help. not go back to COVID days when we were watching Joe Exotic. Oh man, I never get that time back. Right? There's no, no. way to catch that back. Never, no, never, never, ever. All right, we'll come back. We'll hit hot or not topics we've missed halfway through this Wednesday edition. Ty will lead us through those. We've also got uh, more on this uh, Longhorn baseball trip to Coral Gables. Got the SEC meetings going on. A lot of news being made, including Nick Saban from the podium yesterday saying, getting a little bit angry and testy. He's all for we, this NIL thing is not going our way at Alabama, so we need to unionize and make them all employees. We'll get to the quote from Nick Saban coming up, plus Hot or Not next here on B&E. What's hot? And what's not? What's Hot, What's Not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Yeah, hot and not on the final day of May, 20 and 23. That's right, we'll be into June tomorrow. Hard to believe, already into the sixth month of the uh, year. That means a lot coming. Looking forward to the college baseball tournament, the NBA Finals, Major League Baseball at its uh, one-third mark. And how about Grant Anderson last night? But called up from Round Rock. Round Rock was off on Monday, and then they were in Sugar Land last night. But Grant Anderson had come up from AA and had made several appearances with the Express. He was called up to the big leagues last night, came into a – he replaced Martin Perez for the Rangers in the uh, fifth inning with runners aboard in a one-run game. How about this uh, this pitching line? First batter, struck him out. Second batter, struck him out. Then he struck out the third batter and the fourth batter. Then he gave up a line out, and then he struck out three more. So struck out seven of the first eight batters he faced in his Major League Sit debut. Down. He ended up getting the win in a Major League debut. Pretty darn awesome. I would say that's pretty hot. Also, are we hot on this? Because the story is going to be that uh, Al Pacino, at 83 years old, has followed his uh, his buddy Robert De Niro into fatherhood at a late age. We told you a few weeks ago that Robert De Niro, at 79 years old, uh, his baby mama had a baby. Um, and now Al Pacino, at 83 years old, has uh, it's been announced that he has uh, fathered a child with Noor Alfala, who is a 29-year-old Instagram model. But let me give you where, where this is wild and hot. She's 29. Before she dated Al Pacino, when she was in her middle 20s, she dated Mick Jagger, who's 79, the lead front, front man of the Rolling Stones. Okay? Then she broke up with Mick and dated a uh, billionaire, a billionaire named, named Nicholas, Nicholas Bergrun, who's a billionaire private equity investor. He's in his 60s. 
dated him for a while at 27 years old. Now he's dated, she's dating Al Pacino. She likes old men. And she might have achieved her mission. She's gotten pregnant. She likes money. Well, I old mean, dudes with money. Well, she had a billionaire. She doesn't have to. She doesn't have to have all of the old well, dudes she, but, with money. But he doesn't owe her anything because he never married her. But now she's been had a child fathered by Al Pacino, so she, now she's attached to it. She's locked up, locked in. Good work. She just likes older men. Leave her alone. Yeah, she loves old money. She loves old. You know who's men. next for her? Happy birthday today, Buck, to Clint Eastwood. Oh no, ninety three years young today. She just likes older men. I don't know what they, they don't have anything in common. But Clint, do you know this young lady over here? Clint likes have younger you, women too, from what I understand. Hey now, have you met Nor Alfala? Also on the hot or not, turns out Ty, it looks like uh, Bucky's right. The 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 Lion King Carol Baskin's husband was been found in Bermuda. He's alive. She didn't kill no. him. No, she didn't kill him. That's what he, says did, he did not get found. Just yeah, TV they said drama. right here they they found Carol Baskin's husband alive in the Bahamas. No, a dude's been what, playing this. I'm trying to blame it on that poor lady. What's that source? I don't know. I don't Inter- know. Probably TMZ. Interwebs. I'll have, interwebs. I'll have to look into Just that. hope it's TMC. They pay for their their stuff. They don't play around. It says I ain't saying she's a gold digger. Yeah. Well, well, she got mission accomplished. How much you think Al Pacino's worth in his estate when he's gone? It's love. There's nothing. There's love has no. There's no limits on love. No money on love. Eight. She dated eighty-year-old Mick Jagger. Old. Sixty-something-year-old Nicholas Bagroon. Old and rich. Old and really rich. Really rich. Both of those two were smart enough not to father a child with her. Just you know. She's just a fan of. 70s entertainment. She's a fan of wrinkled balls. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, she just likes old dudes. Nothing wrong with that. A lot of old dudes like young women. <laughs> oh, man. Ty, what do you have for us? Because I'm about to get us into sensitivity training. What do you have for my friend? Uh, with Carmelo Anthony retiring last week, we talked about that. Um, Terrell Owens came out this week and said that he um, wants to cancel ring culture and that Work speaks for itself, and titles don't find, define careers. So I've got to ask y'all, who's the greatest player of any sport who did not win a title? Oh, great question. Greatest player of any sport not to win a championship? Hmm. Dan Marino for me. Yeah, yeah. Dan Marino's a pretty good one. There's a lot pretty in basketball, though. Charles Barkley would be one for me in basketball. I mean, let's go with the – I mean, Charles Barkley was unbelievable. I know we see him all the time now making – Crazy, crazy statements on t on TV, but Eating a lot of chips and stuff. And that dude was awesome. The round mount rebound was a badass. I mean, that guy went toe to toe with. Michael I thought Jordan. he was the best at getting off the floor, just hitting the ground and coming right back up. I loved watching Jark Charles Barkley in his prime. Uh, he would grab a rebound, he'd go coast the, to coast and throw it down. Break. Oh yeah, I and mean, he would dunk on people. Uh, and you know, he tells the story all the time that he thought he was for sure he was the best player in the in the world, that no one could beat him, and then Michael Jordan beat him. Uh, in that NBA final series when he was in Phoenix and playing his best and Jordan was in Chicago and he had to tell his daughter because his daughter said he told his daughter he never would lose no one can beat me and then Jordan beat him and he had to go back and apologize to his daughter honey there might be someone better there so might Reggie be Miller better. never won one no hey we'll take that best athlete in any sport never to win a championship because Carmelo Anthony doesn't like ring culture now, Terrell Mel- Owens doesn't like it. Oh, Terrell Owens doesn't like it. Well, they don't get to define it. No. Nah. We're going to define legacy by rings and championships for sure. That's not changing. Uh, but give it Ernie Banks mentioned. 
Jim Kelly mentioned. Malone and Stockton. Malone and Stockton. Barry Sanders. Good one. Like it. All right, we'll come back with that. Also, reset those headlines and uh, get you what Nick Saban had to say about, uh, you know, screw amateurism, screw NIL. We need employees playing football for us. It's being on the horn.